say welcome. Welcome to the to the practically practically speaking speaking mom mom podcast podcast. And say that's my grandma. That's my grandma. I love you, Asher. I love you, Asher. <laughs> You're listening to episode 102 of the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. I'm Val Harrison. We're in the middle of a series on teaching your kids the joy of being a blessing. Last week, we looked at being a blessing through volunteering. This week, the topic is hospitality. We're learning about incorporating hospitality into your busy, hectic, imperfect family life. How do we do it and why would we do it? Our guest is one of my grown daughters, Becca. She's mama to two little boys who you know, Jamie and Asher. They're well known on our podcast as the special VIPs that occasionally visit the podcast studio. Did you know that another little VIP is on the way and it's going to be a little girl? I'm so excited. Well, we may just hear a bit from our two little VIPs today. Now, next week, we'll be back for our final week of this series, and the topic will be the joy of being a blessing among siblings. Asher, how old are you? I'm three. Will you have a birthday soon? Yes. Then how old will you be? Four. Jamie, stay here. Stay here, Asher. How old will you be, Jamie? Five. Yeah. And what are you guys going to have soon? A baby Felicity Dunn. Yeah, a new baby sister. What are you excited about, about having a baby sister? Can you talk into it? I'm excited that our baby sister is going to be a baby. Yeah, what about you, Asher? I'm excited to be um 99. Okay. Back in the studio with me is my second oldest daughter, Becca. She is mama to the two little favorite VIPs that I have on here occasionally, Asher and Jamie, who are just about to turn four and five. And Becca is pregnant with our first granddaughter. So welcome back to the studio, Becca. Thank you. It's good to be back. Today, we are going to talk about something that you do that I absolutely love, and it's inspiring to me. And when my younger two daughters go back and stay with you, their big sister, they always end up telling me about ways that you have been doing this. And you are inspiring them and me while you're making a difference in other people's lives. And so what we're talking about today is really learning to be community at home, using your home, to serve others, minister to others, encourage others. You just have learned to open your home. Do you have a word for that? Um, hospitality is yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we well, that's very kind. I think you're giving me more credit than we deserve there cuz definitely it's something we it's a work in progress. But yeah, something my husband and I both have felt convicted by in the last oh, few years, maybe not quite that long, but is with young kids, it's hard to find ways to be actively serving and ministering in the church. We each have different Sunday morning roles and things like that, but we wanted to be really just actively using our lives and our home as a ministry. 
So we've started trying to implement, yeah, just more hospitality in general, whether it's among friends or neighbors that we want to get to know better or coworkers. Yeah, just trying to have people in our home more and foster community more in that way. It's it's not only church people. Yeah. It's, it do, can be well, like so do you want me to get who, into logistics yet or? <laughs> uh, well, I have a question. Okay. Because I know what fear arises in me about this is, but my home is not good enough, clean enough, prepared enough yeah. for inviting people over regularly. Because I know you set a time every week for this. It doesn't always happen every week, but you have a set day of the week for this. So that sounds a little bit stressful to someone who has a wrong perception that our house always has to look good. Can you address that fear or concern? Yes. Well, I very much, yes, struggled with that for a long time. And I still do sometimes, especially if it's somebody who hasn't been over before. So if it's like the first time I'm mm-hmm. you know, yes. worried about making a good first impression or whatever. So one of the things that really got us thinking in this direction was a book that I read called The Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosaria Butterfield. I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> it is a, it, it's a really good book in general, but the the overall premise of it is, yeah, the idea of hospitality and how the gospel can be interwoven with that. So they very much have used their home as a ministry for a lot of years. And she has a lot of good practical tips within that and also some cool testimonies and things like that. So it's a really great book. But anyway, that's something she has addressed that helped my mindset about it a little bit more um, was just the idea of, yes, it's nice when you go over to someone's house and everything is Pinterest perfect. And, you know, that can be fun and enjoyable. But honestly, people are much more comfortable generally when they see that you do live there, when there's, you know, shoes by the front door and maybe there's some, even some unfolded laundry on the couch or things like that, you know, like, so trying to change my mindset in that regard of like, okay, if I just made these people a meal, naturally there would be dishes in the sink. No, they're not smelly and piled up moldy or something, but they don't have, the sink doesn't have to be empty and the kitchen doesn't mm-hmm. have to be spotless. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yep. just things like that. Or like the right. kids' toys can be over in the corner and that's okay because there's kids that live here, you know? Yeah. So I think of this meme or little video that was viral for uh, like, it's probably been five years or something now, but it was this guy who was, pretending to be his wife and, and he's <laughs> yeah. going all around the house acting crazy about they're about to have company and the pillows aren't fluffed and there's not cute things dangling from the doorknobs and the curtains and the the tea towel is out of place. And yeah. It's a hilarious meme about we can't let them know that we live here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a hard balance to find. I don't know that we have figured that aspect out all the way yet, but just learning to loosen up a little bit in that regard that people are more comfortable when it's a comfortable environment. And if everything is perfect and spotless and you are looking fantastic in the perfect outfit or what, you know, yeah. it, like it, all the things, then they're not going to feel comfortable to come back mm-hmm. and they're going to feel like they have to put on a show for you or something. But if yep. you present yourself as just like, this is us, this is our life, take it or leave it. You know, usually people are much more receptive of that and it shows them you're a real person. And if it is someone that you're trying to 
minister to if it's a non-believer. It shows them it's they can sometimes come in with a preconceived notion that, oh, you're perfect, or they have to put on airs around you so that they don't mm-hmm. seem sinful or something like that. So just another layer of presenting yourself as a human being yeah, kind of evens out the playing field, I think, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, there's probably a little bit of a balance in there in that I remember when you kids were little and we were going to be having company, and I would say that doing some preparing ahead of time shows that company how valuable they are to us. And preparing doesn't mean making the house spotless. It means just being thoughtful in receiving those guests. Mm -hmm. What will make them feel warm and work (laughs) well, what will make them feel warm and welcomed and thought of. Mm -hmm. And so that might mean that you put some cucumbers and lemon slices in water, Mm -hmm. you know, but it doesn't mean that you had to dust everything. I sure hope it doesn't mean that because that is not going to happen no. at my house. Or clean the glass on the back door. <laughs> yeah. That's always <laughs> yeah, things like yes. that. Whereas, like, yeah, right. I totally agree. Like presenting ourselves in a way and our home in a way that shows we are they are valuable to us, mm-hmm. and we are glad to have them there, but not that we're putting on airs for them or yeah. trying to be present ourselves as perfect when we are very far from it. Yeah. Can you give us some logistics of how you make this happen at your house with little ones and being pregnant? How do you do that? Well, like I said, we don't do it as well as we would like to. So don't give us too much credit. We all set goals in our lives. (laughs) Goals are so important and equipping yourself to achieve the goals. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen every week, but if I have set a spot in my calendar and if I have figured out my food, my, my food uh-huh. that I would serve them and it's part of my routine, then I have equipped myself for the goal to happen. And then I can leave the rest to God, you know, to whether I'm feeling, Hey, we're too hectic and stressed out this week or I see that God is placing someone on my heart that I should invite over. Yeah. Or maybe it's, I am too hectic this week, but I can pray for this person that that a door will open of a time for them to come over. So anyway, give us the logistics of how you have set this up in your life so that it is a possibility for you guys to do. So we had talked about wanting to do it for a long time and kept not doing it. So finally I started to evaluate like, okay, what is, what is holding us back from this actually happening? Why are we not actually doing this? And I found it came down to three primary things. A big one was scheduling. So we found that if we just have a day set aside every week or however often you're hoping for, it could be once a month or you know, a couple times a month, once a week, however often works for your family. And that just that day is set aside for that, for, for inviting someone over. So usually for, for us, uh, usually for us, depending on the season and, you know, my husband's work schedule and things like that is usually a Tuesday evening or Saturday, like kind of brunch time. Okay. Okay. So when we go into the week knowing, okay, we have a goal of some, of having someone over this week and our day is Tuesday. So next we have to find someone to come over. That was the second hurdle that we found was 
we would think at random times like, oh, we should have them over sometime or, oh, we could, we should get together. But then when it came down to actually inviting somebody, we'd be like, oh, what should we do? Who should we have? You know? So we started keeping a running list of all kinds of people, friends from church, uh, coworkers that were new to my husband's work or parents that I meet at my kids' preschool drop-off and pick-up or neighbors or people that we're wanting to witness to that are maybe not believers. So we we started developing quite a list and it kind of, we would just, rather than sit down and think of all the people because that would get overwhelmingly mm-hmm. right, long, I right. think, we just would keep a list yeah. and when we would think of someone, that yeah. we would add them yeah. just throughout our regular daily lives. So that way, when it's time to invite someone, we'd look on the list and one, we would see whether or not we don't want to invite the same people all the time because it would be easy to just find our close friends and be really comfortable with them and so only have them, which there's a time and place for that. But for us wanting to use it as a ministry, we wanted to be kind of broadening our circle of yeah. primarily non-believers that we were having into our home and Plus, um, it's helping your kids to get more comfortable with a variety of people. Yeah. You know, it, it just and it makes their heart bigger and bigger for others. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's been a whole other aspect that we can get into if we have time is it's broadened their bubble. You know, yeah. it's really easy. I'm home with the kids. So they're not they, they go to preschool one day a week during the school semesters. But other than that, they're with me or they're at the church nursery or on playdates of close friends, you know, so it's easy for them to stay in a bubble and not get out into the world and seeing other people and other dynamics and other families and how they work and other good and bad attitudes and, you know, like all the good and the bad that comes with that. And doing that in our home is a really good way to do it in a controlled environment where we can talk ahead of time, you know, based on who's coming over, we can talk ahead of time, like, okay, here's some of the things you might see. I want you to watch for, and we're going to talk afterward about what are some good things you saw? What are some bad things you might've seen? You know, like having those conversations has been really good for our kids and with our parenting. Also, I think just getting them outside of their circles and broadening their worldview a little bit. Yeah. Anytime we have a somewhat controlled situation like that of a variety of people and we expect our children to interact with them, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I would say things to your kids growing up, like chin up, smile on your face. You know, Mm -hmm. when you look at them and smile with a response in return, you are saying, I care about you. Mm-hmm. And if we can get them in the habit of showing others we care, that's teaching both confidence and humility at the same time, which is such a valuable combination. Yeah. I mean, how many times when you interact at a business setting, do you wish the employee knew both humility and confidence? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's just so valuable for on so many levels. So what do you serve them? So yeah, that's the third hurdle is okay. I could have somebody planning on coming over for dinner and I would stress myself out of my mind trying to figure out what do I feed these people. <laughs> yeah. So I started just keeping it simple. And if it's a Tuesday evening for dinner, I do some form. Uh, I either do a soup. But usually in the summer, that's I'm not a big soup person. So I'll do like a taco meal of some kind, taco mm-hmm. salad or tacos. And that way I feel like it feeds a big group easily and it's 
pretty well liked across the board and it fits with if people have food sensitivities or something it's kind of easy because it's deconstructed so they can so you have it set up sort of like a buffet and they create their own taco salad yeah yep that's Um, awesome yeah that way people can yep be however picky or food sensitivities or whatever needs to accommodate them and then if it's a Saturday brunch time, I really like doing like an egg frittata. I do it in our cast iron skillet and you bake it in the oven and you throw in like some meat, some good sausage or something like that and some veggies, mushroom, onion, some basic like that and then egg. And it's really good. It feeds a big group again. I do that and like cinnamon rolls or, you know, some pastry mm-hmm. that I'm not going to take the time to bake. So mm-hmm. I usually <laughs> I buy those, but I like fast and simple and I can just keep the, if it's ingredients that I keep on hand already, then I just plan it into my grocery shopping for that week. So that, yeah, that checks off that hurdle that I was having also is just, I yeah. keep, I keep a few basic meal plans ready that are we're having those on those days regardless of if we end up having company or not yeah so yeah so i do something similar for keeping on hand meal ingredients for when someone is sick or Mm -hmm. you know needs me to take them something but i need to do this i need to do what you're doing where i have a set time on my calendar for people coming over and set meals so that, yeah, I eliminate both my excuses and my mm-hmm. fears, concerns, hurdles, like you said. So I love yeah. it. I love it. You did that book with a group of ladies, right? Like, Well, study. that's actually a different book that we were talking about. Oh, okay. I- <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so part of the conviction with that was just the idea of community. We are really good at being community involved in our church. We've got our close church friends, and we see them pretty much every week, if not a couple times a month, you know, but feeling convicted of expanding our community to more non-believers and just diversifying a little bit and all that. And the book we did with the women's Bible study at my church that really talked about this really well was, it was called Freedom to Flourish by Elizabeth Garn. And it was a really, really good book. I highly recommend it. And it didn't only talk about community, but one of the things it talked about was we are image bearers of God. We were created in God's image and God is a community God within himself. He is a trinity of three in one, right? So he literally is a community within himself and we were created for community and just how valuable that Mm -hmm. is and how vital that is really. It's, we, we can't go without it and be okay. (laughs) So, well, Becca, I am so thankful you're part of my community. Like it's one thing to, you know, you're my daughter and I'm always going to be proud of my kids, but what a privilege to when they reach adulthood that you're somebody that I grow from and can be in community with you. Iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. kind of relationship that I so value. And I want to thank you for being in the studio today. And I know that the listeners are going to be all excited, not as excited as me, but excited <laughs> to hear about your new baby coming in October. So all of the okay. mamas who are listening can pray for Becca as she and her family transitions to that new little one. All right. Well, thanks. It was good to be here. (laughs) I'm praying for you, Mom. No matter what season of motherhood you're in, God has a purpose for your steps, and He's walking right beside you. When you weep, He weeps with you. 
and when you're anxious, he wants to be your comfort and your peace. And then when your journey begins to reveal the redemption and victory that he was working on for you all along, God is going to be rejoicing with you on that day too. It's been an honor to spend time with you today. If this podcast has been a blessing, share it with a friend, leave a review, and head over to practicallyspeakingmom.com to subscribe to my weekly email that contains that week's podcast episode, blog post, and show notes. Join me on Instagram at Practically Speaking Mom and in my Facebook group, Intentional Mom Strong Family. See you next week. Thank you.